everybody. Welcome back to another one. You know the intro, blabby blue blue inside the genie's lamp. Terrific, here we go. So, uh, this one is going to be a little bit about the story that I posted on my Instagram about how did you realize uh, that being a PT and mindset specialist was your dream? Um, the response that I gave to that was very well received in terms of it got a lot of engagement. People were saying, holy shit, um, way to go. And just a lot of DMs in terms of that's where I started and this is where I am. So I'm going to go into a little bit more detail because the short answer is, um, I didn't know it was going to be my dream. It was just something I was good at. I liked doing and then just developed it over years and years and years of trying to not kill myself really. Um, so I'm going to go in a little bit more in depth in terms of how I became a personal trainer, how I got to where I am. Um, I'll try and keep it as short as possible, but as detailed as possible. However, the shit that's going to work. Um, anywho, so we just move some shit around. Here we go. Alrighty. So back in, I think 2000 and something, um, 2000 and 11, 12, 11, 2011. Yeah. 10 years ago. Um, when I was in year 11, I was one of those lucky ones that was in year one in 2001, year four in 2004. And it's fucking awesome to remember stuff. Um, year nine, 10, 11, whenever we could do PE, that was the shit that I was good at. I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed running around. I enjoyed being good at sports and anything to do with hand-eye coordination. I was just really good at. Um, not next level prodigy good at, but good enough to be good at roughly anything that involved some sort of coordination. Then I found PE and started learning about obviously how the body works, muscles, bones, anatomy, um, the cardiovascular system, all that stuff that you run through in PE in high school. Started running through all that stuff and it was really interesting. That was the only thing that I didn't really have to try at, the only subject I didn't really have to try at to get good grades. Um, but I wanted to try at it because it was just interesting to me. Um, psychology, English, maths, fucking textiles, food tech, all that stuff that I did, I pretty much tried to pick the most bludge subjects because I was good at PE. That was about it. That was all I knew. Um, everything else I did not study. I did not do anything. I was one of those people that would just call me just a smart ass. And the teachers always used to get really upset with me because my year to year reports would just consistently look like Travis has so much potential, but does not apply himself every single year. Um, I was gifted as a young child in terms of mathematics and just doing things that were way beyond my year level, but it wasn't interesting to me. Um, as a kid, it was just like, okay, well, I'm getting praised for being smart. Not that I knew that at the time. It was just, you know, I'm doing this. Why do I have to do all these extra classes? If I'm good at it, why can't I just keep doing what I'm doing? Looking back, people were trying to nurture me and see if I did have this gift. And it was, you know, it was good doing those things and I enjoyed problem solving, but it was just boring as fuck sitting in a classroom with other people like, miss, I know the answer to this one. It's like, fucking just let me out. I want to go play basketball. I <laughs> could not give a fuck about solving this number problem. If you have a problem with it, you solve it. <laughs> so one of the things was just like, I, this is boring as shit. You know, um, I don't want to do this. I would rather be hanging out with my friends. I would rather be playing basketball, doing sport, being active and just running around. That was what I preferred doing. Um, and I can't remember if any of that ever came up, but it was just like, eh, I just don't like it. And that faded away. So, um, back to high school, the reason people, I suppose, teachers were annoyed at me that much was because everything I did, it was just what do I need to do to get a pass. It's like, oh, well, you should be going for the highest grade possible. It's like, I know what I should be doing, but what do I need for a pass? And I wouldn't study. It would just be like, cool. That means like, for example, I asked the career counselor at high school, what do I need to study cert for in fitness? She's like, oh, you'll need a 48 hour. Cool. Went around to all my teachers. What do I need for a 48 hour? What do I need for a 48 hour? What do I need for a 48 hour? Um, didn't study, didn't do shit and came out with a 39.95 because I sort of had an idea. It was like, cool, if that's what I need for a 48 hour, then I'll just do that. Bare minimum, get by 
and that way I can just keep doing stuff that I enjoy. Um, very, very, very easily living below my potential, just doing the bare minimum to scoot by, not sure who I wanted to be or what I was going to do. But the career counselor at the time was like, well, talking to her about obviously where I'm going to go after high school and everything. I was like, I don't really see the point in much. I was going through depression at the time. Didn't realize that's what it was. Um, going through all of that, it was like, well, the only thing I enjoy is gridiron because I was playing gridiron at the time um, and basketball. So I was playing gridiron practice Tuesday, Thursday nights, and then a game on Sunday. Um, then I was playing basketball Monday night, Wednesday night, uh, Sunday night as well, as well as a practice in there. And then also refing basketball at the same time. So very active as a kid. That was just what I like doing. Um, listened to the advice of the career counselor, got my 48R so that I could study fitness. Then an opportunity came up to go to Canada and the way that I saw it was that it was escaping Australia and responsibilities and having to go to uni and having to grow up because I didn't want to grow up. Um, still don't to a degree, but um, went and lived in Canada for seven months, I think. Ran out of money, had to come back, had the most god-awful haircut in the world because the hairdresser dresser that I had um, was sleeping with one of my best mates up there then they broke up and then it felt very awkward in order to message her and be like hey lol you still doing haircuts plus she ended up moving to mexico so came back with a justin bieber motherfucker looking haircut and that was awesome uh so and i don't have a photo of that anymore because my facebook account got hacked so i can't show you all so that's a bit disappointing but anywho um that's where i was just moving around came back from canada no idea what i wanted to do uh got back into pizza making and the jobs that I had before this were pizza making, refereeing, refereeing basketball, pizza making, uh, pizza making again. And that is about it. Yeah, that's pretty much about it. Came back from Canada. was like, well, I've got no fucking idea what I'm going to do. Um, went back into pizza making long story short, some shit happened, ended up getting kicked out of mum's house and stepdad's house. Um, and yeah, essentially became homeless for a while. Uh, was telling my, uh, told my mum that I would go stay with a friend, told that friend that I would stay with another friend, told that friend I was staying with the opposite friend, and then told my dad that I was staying with a friend and just a whole bunch of web of lies in terms of, I have somewhere to sleep tonight. When in reality, I was sleeping in the back of my 2000, I think, or 94. I don't know a dear. Toyota Camry. Didn't fit in it whatso-fucking-ever. Um, slept in the back of that while I was on my phone looking for jobs around the Mornington Peninsula, something to pay rent that would... Uh, something to get money that would be enough to pay rent to get a roof over my head, essentially. I didn't care where the fuck it was or what it was. I just wanted some sort of job to pay money so that I could support myself. Uh, couldn't do it. Couldn't find anyone that was willing to take on someone that had absolutely zero experience. And everybody was like, oh, yep, entry level job, but you need two years experience. It's like, Well, that fucking makes sense, doesn't it, Donald? Um, and yeah, ended up going to live down with my dad in Wonthaggy. Uh, I was on Centrelink for a while. And for those of you who have no idea where the fuck Wonthaggy is, it is south, is like Gippsland sort of area. The easiest way I could describe it at the time was it was in the buttfuck middle of nowhere. There was nothing there. There was not really any jobs. And then the more I was just like, oh, this is actually a very quiet town. Um, I can see why dad moved up here. But at the same time, I was like, this is boring as fuck. There's nothing to do up here. There's a basketball league, but they're all very shitty players because it's a, such a small league. Um, started refereeing basketball there. Uh, got a job at San Remo, Silverwater Resort. Um... Almost everybody quit their job the same week as me. Crazy coincidence, I know. Um, when I got hired, I was initially interviewing for a bartending position. And the director of the hotels um, just started interviewing me. He was like, how would you like to be a receptionist? I was like, yeah, sure, I can do that because, you know, customer service is my gig. I've always dealt with people. Ah, fucking no. Just said some shit to get in the door and get some money. Um, hated learning about everything until uh, out of the, I think, seven staff members that were there for reception, 
five or six of them left. No, six of them left because I remember the director at the time was like, you're not going anywhere, are you? I was like, nope, I need the money. It's like, good. It's just you and me now. Let's make it work. I was like, okay. And the amount of responsibility and extra hours and everything that I had to do was really good for me. That amount of responsibility and taking leadership positions and teaching people what to do was very, very good for me. It turned it from a job to a career. Um, then out of, uh, I think like a year and a half of doing that, my first paycheck was like 2000 for a fortnight. And I was like, fuck, this is the most money I've seen. And I don't even like since entering the workforce, it was crazy. Um, it was like 20 something dollars an hour. I ended up doing crazy hours, but anywho, um, through that, I, out of nowhere was just like, there was someone that we brought on board who was a full-time older, older lady, older than me. Um, full-time on salary at about just under, just under or just over a thousand dollars a week, a thousand dollars a week. Um, actually, yeah, it's about right. Around about $50,000 a year. Um, I looked at that and went, I do not want to be working here for $50,000 a year. I do way too much work for 50,000. Um, and there was talk of me going full-time uh, onto a salary, but at the time I was just sort of part-time and just racking up the hours and getting paid for that. I'd rather do that. Um, then, uh, I don't even know why, just randomly somehow I came across a link for Vic Uni, uh, studying fitness and I was like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Just applied for it. Um, got in something like got accepted and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Looking back now, it's not that fucking hard to get accepted into a cert for, into essentially a TAFE course. But I was like, oh boy, um, thought that I was going to the most prestigious uni in the world, but obviously considering it's a TAFE course at university, uh, yeah, you're essentially the, <laughs> the smallest fish in the pond. No one gave a fuck about you. And we definitely saw that in the management there, but anywho, not allowed to talk about that. The, um, got accepted into Cert 4 Fitness at Vic Uni, went off and studied that after a whole debacle, um, got my degree um, after about a year of finally graduating and finishing and becoming certified, got my degree a year later, um, again, because of some bullshit. So, um, started working in the industry, went to Anytime Fitness in Mordialic, um, had a mental breakdown, uh, stayed at home for about six months after that, and then messaged all my clients and said, Hey, I'm coming back. Um, feeling good to get back into it. Started up again. No idea what I was doing in terms of a business sense, had another mental breakdown, lost that business as well. Um, and then that was the lowest point of my mental health. Being a personal trainer was the most fun that I had ever had, was the happiest I had ever been, but the money just did not seem to be coming in. Everything that I did was just sort of not good enough to have a business, essentially. Um, then I went off to do maintenance, real estate, back to pizza making, um, fucking Southeast water. Um, so many jobs that were all just nine to five or seven till three or whatever. And I absolutely hated them for the first like two months of real estate. It was really fun. And because obviously it was something different driving around people in suits and it was commercial real estate. So dealing with like million dollar penthouses of offices and stuff like that, really fun, but, uh, quickly wore off when it was obviously I'm not the, um, real estate agent. I was just charismatic. That's why people, that's why they hired me. Cause I was charismatic. Um, then it got to like the trench work in terms of here's a list of 3000 people that have previously invested with us over the past 10 years. We need you to call all of them and see if they're still interested in investing. Sure. I can do that. Got three pages in, wanted to blow my fucking brains out. Uh, mental health started decreasing. I was staying at, uh, I was renting a friend's house off his parents with my friends and they were the worst fucking landlords I've ever had in my life. Constantly coming over uh, to do things, which they said they would in all, in their defense. Um, they said they would be coming over, taking care of the garden and repairing stuff and whatever. But it felt like every fucking day they were just showing up unannounced, working on something for the house. Uh, one of my roommates got home and the she was just swimming in the pool. 
she's like, oh, it's lovely. Why don't you come on in? It's like, we're fucking, we're paying for you to use all this. And I understand it's your house and your son's house and whatever. But um, there was just no, felt like there was no privacy. And then obviously they flipped it and like, oh, if you didn't want us to come over, you should have just said. It's like, well, we didn't feel like we could um, because of the situation that we are all in. Um, anywho, um, after they went through our recycling bin and said, you're not recycling properly, we all just sort of had a bit of a fuck enough of it. And we all went our separate ways. Um, so yeah, that was when I was negotiating with my boss at the real estate to leave. Um, got paid out for all of Christmas, which was good, essentially December. Um, got paid out for all of December, had nowhere to live. And that was where I was like, well, I'm fucked. Um, was dating my girlfriend at the time and well, Beth, I was dating Beth and she is still around. Hi Beth. Um, not that she listens to this, but she is still around and she was the absolute savior for me. Um, she has quite literally saved my life on multiple occasions. Not that she knows that, but it was pretty much life or death. And she was the only reason or the only thing that I saw really worth living for. So for that, I'm always going to be super thankful in terms of she, if she was not around and if she wasn't herself and if she wasn't doing exactly what she does and the reason that I love her, I would be dead. Uh, you would not be listening to this podcast right now. You just have a microphone in a grave. Um, not that you would have a microphone in a grave. That's a really fucking weird thing to be listening to. But anywho, that's the point I'm trying to make. Um, so that's, that is a very short background on where I was at before I started this fitness genie business. And it didn't start off as a fitness genie. It started off as the Somerville PT. That was my business name. And you know, that scene in Aladdin where the genie like rises up with Agrabah and he's holding the entire city and he's like dark blue and black and all that stuff. And he's just like holding the entire fucking city of Agrabah above his head. Um, approached a graphic designer logo designer yeah that's yeah graphic designer um approached her and i said hey i like that scene he's powerful he's lifting up the city he's doing this i would like that to be my logo in terms of like a genie because of doing this and aladdin's my favorite movie and robin williams is probably the reason that not the reason but was just very relatable and i was like sweet i want that to be my logo um after doing that and taking my business online every single person where's Somerville? Where is Somerville? Where is Somerville? I was like, fuck. Okay. I need something that says I am just me and I'm not tied into a location. So the one thing I knew was that I wanted the genie around. So I was like, all right, well, I'm just the genie. That sounds sexual. That sounds like I'm going to give out fucking lap dances. Um, how about the health genie? No, because I don't have much with nutrition. Um, all right. What about the fitness genie? Type that in. It was available. Awesome. I'm just going to do that. Got the fitness genie. And for those of you wondering now, nutrition and mindset is one of my strongest suits. Um, at the time it wasn't, this was about three, probably four years ago now. Um, four years ago. So at the time I was like, well, I'll just be the fitness genie because I'm all about fitness and I like being a genie because I like the fact that I can transform into being whatever the, the situation demands me. Whatever my client needs me to be, I can adapt to it. I'm also very charismatic. I like doing voices. I like being funny. I like being essentially the Robin Williams of the fitness world because of obviously Robin Williams passed away due to depression. And that was just very relatable for me. So I was like, sweet, that's me. Um, so that's how I made my business. And getting into like being the Somerville PT and getting started again. For me, it was more about life or death. It wasn't really about, okay, I'm going to be a mindset specialist. I want to focus on healing people with anxiety, um, helping people lose weight when they're stuck on a yo-yo diet culture or doing this or do it. Like it was never anything about this is the grand plan. This is the grand scheme of anything. It was just, this is where I'm at. I fucking hate my life. I'm depressed. I have no idea what I'm doing. When was the last time I was truly happy? Uh, probably back when I was being a PT. I didn't make heaps of money, but my mental state 
I would I would rather make minimum wage as a full-time PT, which is realistically what I was going to be doing. I would rather make minimum wage as a full-time PT and being happy as opposed to being in real estate and making six figures and being fucking miserable in putting on a suit and going to work and having to mask it, who I was. So that's how I got into it. I was like, right, well, I've already given it two chances. Realistically, I'm not going to make it work. Realistically, this is just going to fucking fail and splutter and that's it. And that's going to be, that's going to be my life. If I, I don't see the point in going on with anything. I can't do a nine to five. I can't work for anyone else. I can't do this. I can't do that. And the advice that I was getting at the time from quite literally everybody was get on medication, see a psychiatrist, just get a job, get a girl, get a home. It's like, how is, how can that be it? How can life have like five or six steps of go to school and get good grades? Step one, uh, go to university, study something, get a job, find a girl, get married, have kids, get a home. Seven steps, actually. How can life have seven steps and people are like, yeah, that's fine. That's more than okay. Like there has to be more to life than fucking seven steps in terms of get a job, get married, have kids. That sounds fucking miserable. Oh, well, yeah, you can have a holiday every now and then, but you know, make sure to do it before kids and you're probably not going to be able to afford it after having kids because, you know, economy, like fucking terrific. So now me and my partner are going to have to work full time in order to support just having a house in the first place in this fucking market, especially today. Both of us are going to have to work full time in order just to have a house in the first place. And then you're telling me that adding kids on top of that we're going to have to get a, we're going to have to essentially have three incomes coming in. Like I'm going to have to go get a secondary job. Like, yeah, probably. Yeah. No, it's just how life is. Like that sounds fucking awful. I'm not bringing a kid into that world. So that was where I was at. I was like, there has to be more to life than just money, marriage, kids, home. Cause that sounds fucking miserable. If that's all there is to life, I'm going to end it now. There's no point in chasing my tail in trying to feel good and spending money on medications and trying to heal myself, quote unquote, trying to heal myself if the end result is just going to be marriage and death. That sounds fucking terrible. So I looked at if money weren't a thing, when was I the most happy? Being a PT. It's like, cool, I'm going to go do that. So my decision to become a PT was purely in life and death circumstances. Quite literally. It was I'm going to give it one more go at being a personal trainer. And if it doesn't work out, I'll kill myself because what else am I going to do? What does life have left to offer me other than being a PT <clears throat> choked on a chip then other, <laughs> other than being a PT and enjoying life? Because if I'm not enjoying life, what the fuck is the point in it? That was where I was at. And I didn't want to be left alone with my thoughts. So how do we fix that? be a PT, stay at the gym for 14 hours and work your ass off. That was how I developed my work ethic because I was fucking terrified of being alone with my thoughts. If I wasn't busy being a PT or on the gym floor or distracting myself, I would, the alternative to that would be go home, eat KFC, feel bad for yourself and probably negotiate myself into death. That's where I was at. That's why my work ethic is what it is today is because I know the alternative. The alternative to failure or the alternative to success for me today is quite literally failure and failure for me at that point, which I still associate is death. Um, very much not the point, not the case now in terms of if I needed to, I could probably go get a nine to five as a salesman because fucking who's, who's not going to hire me as a salesman. I don't mean that. Oh, I don't mean that as arrogant, but I mean that in terms of charismatic and I know how to sell people. I know how to persuade people, particularly people that remind me of me. It's rather easy. Um, so I was like, right, I'm going to give it a go and decided to jump into it. Had the fitness genie, started doing stuff. Um, and then my clients were amazing, amazing people. But the biggest issue they were running into wasn't working out. It wasn't their nutrition. It wasn't the basic shit that quite literally anybody could find for free on YouTube or Google, because as I said, they're free on Google and YouTube. Uh, people just need it simplified and 
say, here, do exactly this and you'll see results. That's what people pay for. People don't pay for workouts or nutrition because realistically they can do it themselves for free. My fitness pal is free. Tracking calories is free. Tracking macros is free. Getting a workout routine on YouTube or Google or quite literally fucking anywhere is free. So people weren't paying for my workouts or my nutrition programs or anything like that. What people were paying for was the accountability and the conversations that we ended up having every single week. Why do you feel like this? Why do you feel like that? Even though you know what you need to do, why aren't you doing it? And those conversations that I was just having with my clients during our PT sessions, we ended up for a lot of them, not even doing a PT session. We'd just come in, sit down, they'd start crying, we'd start talking. And I'd just start going through like, cool, why do you feel like that? And just using all the information that I had in terms of dealing with my own depression, anxiety and emotions and everything like that, giving that back to my clients. So then I was like, okay, cool. Well, workouts, nutrition, that's getting people weight loss results, but what's actually going to change their life? Working on their emotions, figuring out where they're at mentally and emotionally. Because if I can get them from that place of anxious and overthinking and emotional eating and guilt and shame fucking spirals of eating and whatever, if I can get them from that location to they eat something that is quote unquote bad for them and they feel better about it, well, then they're not going to overeat as much now, which means that they're going to see better weight loss results, which means that they're going to be happier, that they can still eat whatever foods that they want to eat and still see results. So one of the best things that I ever did was say, okay, cool. I'm going to add in a mindset component to workouts, nutrition and call them for an hour a week. And that was like a year later, two years later of developing this and being online. So how I built my business was incredibly slowly. And it's not until the past month or two that I've actually started to see a trend of increasing in followers, increasing in this. And then obviously if I can blow up because of my Dan Andrews video, which I thought was fucking funny, but one of the things was it was never a dream for me. I just wanted to be happy. It was never a thing of like, I'm going to be a PT mindset specialist and fucking change the world, be on men's health magazine and do all this shit. It was just, how can I be happy? How can I make money, but be happy at the same time? And for me, making minimum wage compared to a hundred thousand dollars in real estate, money didn't really matter at that time because all I really cared about was survival. So how can I say that, you know, I'm fucking miserable with a hundred thousand dollars salary or whatever the fuck it was going to be. I'm fucking miserable on a six figure salary. Does it not make sense for me to be happy on half of that and enjoy my life? Because as one of the things that I went through with my psychiatrist, hey, Luki. um, was that it's pointless. I'm worthless. There is no point to life. So why not just end it now? And he said, well, if there's no point to life, why not just have fun with it? Because if everything you're doing at the moment now is pointless and you don't see any reason to do it, well, then why don't you just reverse that train of thought and say, well, if there's no point to doing it, why don't I just try and have as much fun as possible and make some memories? Because if we're all just going to die in the end of it anyway, wouldn't it make more sense to try and have some good memories and have some relationships with your friends and family and enjoy life as opposed to just be like, well, let's just cut straight to the finish because at the end of the day, everything is pointless. Everything that we're doing at the moment, we're going to die anyway. So why not have fun along the way? Chasing a number in the bank account or on the scales or on anything like that is going to do sweet fuck all. You're not going to look back on your life when you were 80 and be like, oh man, I am so fucking thankful that I never ate out and never went socializing with my friends and I stayed 60 kilos forever no one is ever going to look back on their life and say, I'm glad that I fucking didn't enjoy life. Or maybe if you're a bodybuilder and you fucking enjoy doing that, go for it. I really don't give a fuck. But one of the things was, I just want to be happy. So every business decision I made was, if I'm going to do this, how can I make sure that I'm happy at the same time? And that was pretty much how I built the fitness genie. I gave people awesome workouts and kept them accountable for it. They saw results and I was happy doing that. Then I was doing 14 hour days and got booked out and got burnt out and started resenting being a personal trainer. 
how can I make more money in less time or how can I make the same money in less time and still be happy with doing what I'm doing? The answer was go online. So I went online two years before COVID was even a thing. I was online and started delivering workout programs like that. So now location was never an issue. I started working with clients in fucking Perth and Queensland and wherever. And that was fun. And then I just kept building it and delivering it. Well, everyone's starting to ask me about nutrition. I should probably do something with nutrition. Uh, Signed up for Precision Nutrition. Did that. Uh, Started studying, just doing research by myself and learning off people who I followed off Instagram and you know, actual coaches, not just fucking Billy from down the street being like, yeah, you, you can't have your fucking carbs because they'll keep you fat because insulin. I actually started learning off actual coaches and people that had a fucking, a full brain. And I just kept doing it and just kept doing more. And whenever a client signed up and I didn't know something, the answer was, I have no idea what that is or how to help. But if you give me a week, I will come back with all the answers for you. And that's just how I've sort of built my knowledge. Um, hired a lot of business coaches. Um, in total, I've spent around about probably 65,000 at the moment in terms of personal development. Um, could have bought a house with my brain. However, one thing I've learned is that no one can ever take my skill set and knowledge away from me, but they can take a house from me. They can take my gym away from me. They can take my business away from me. But one thing that people will never take away from me is my ability to communicate, to coach someone, and to be who I am. No one is ever going to take that away from me, and no one is ever going to touch that because it is untouchable, because it is in my head, because it is what I know, because it is what I have learnt, because it is all of my experiences accumulating into who I am and what I do. But they can take my gym away from me, but they can take my house from me, they can take my job from me, they can take quite literally anything in the external world away from me, but the one thing they will never take away from me is my experience in life and where I am. So that's why I started investing very heavily in who I am, where I want to be, because if I lost everything today, I could start again very easily based off the knowledge that I have, as opposed to if I spent all that money on a gym and a business and for example, COVID hit, I'm fucked because I've put all that money into the gym and knowing all of that, but I don't know how the business operates. I don't know anything that I do know at the moment. You know, I might've learned it every now and, you know, just through general experience the way that I have. But that's why I've invested so heavily and so much money into my personal development because no one's going to take that away from me. And if I lost it all, if I lost everything externally, I could build up rather easy because I have all that knowledge. Same thing I say to all my clients is that I'm going to teach you how to lose weight and do it forever. So if you ever do freak out, you know how to lose weight. You know how to put it back on. You know how to body recomposition. You know how to talk to yourself. You know how to track calories and macros and work out and do everything that a personal trainer would do for you. So that's why the whole thing is I'm going to make myself redundant for you, the client. Because if I do that, I've taught you some good shit and you're going to save money in the long run by not having to consistently hire a PT for the next 10 years, 20 years. You know, if you want that accountability, go for it. But you don't need to sign up for 12 different challenges across three years because you have no idea how to balance your life. And that was one of the hard things for me as well, especially now because I've taught myself that success comes off the back of always working, always grinding 14 hour days and doing all that. Now, when I have those off days and I actually have a fucking day off, I need to tell myself that it's okay to relax. It's okay to rest because now I've developed high functioning anxiety in terms of if I'm not doing anything, my thoughts come back and that is a pain in the ass. However, becoming a mindset specialist and becoming a personal trainer Everything I have done with the Somerville PT or the Fitness Genie or just finally having a successful run at being a personal trainer, one thing I would do sooner is get a coach a lot earlier because there were two, three years in there where I was making about five, $600 a week as I opened my drink bottle. I was making about five, $600 a week for two years. That was a lot of money for me. And I was like, fuck yeah, killing it. And I hired my current coach like after a lot of other coaches out there um you know made a a lot of money here and there but never consistently 
And now with the current coach that I have, it's very, you know, in the past 11 months, I haven't had a month under 10K and I'm working a lot less, which is awesome. Um, except for one month in there where I made 8K and that was a fucking abysmal month for me. Um, so the good thing about it is that every decision I've ever made has been in the realm of, is it going to make me happy? Is it going to better me as a person? Because it's not about the money for me, as I realized. And for a lot of people, I try to get this through to them, but obviously it doesn't connect with everyone. Um, money was quite literally invented to be spent. So it never really made sense to me that you would work your entire life to have a savings account so that you could fall back on it so that when you die, you can pass it on to your kids. That never really made sense to me. I understand like having a savings account and having a safety net, so to speak, but if you finance and budget yourself correctly, you don't need a safety net because you have so many different areas already covered and superannuation is meant to be your safety net. That's what it's for. So that when you retire, it's like, oh, cool, I've got all this safety net. But you planning for the worst case off a fucking savings account, that's always going to keep you broke. Because what happens when... People that don't really know much about personal finances, when they start having a savings account and they put all their emotions into that savings account and then they go, oh, I completely forgot about vet bills, mechanics and this and just random expenses. There is no such thing as a random expense. If you have a pet, you know damn well they're going to go to the vet. If you have a car, you know damn well it needs to go to the mechanic. If you have a gym membership, you know damn well you should be going to the gym, but you know it's going to come out every month. If you have a subscription, it fucking emails you and tells you that you have a subscription and it's going to be coming out every month. If you have random things like that, like you could even account for like medical expenses. If you have had any sort of medical issue in the past, it stands to reason that you should be saving or putting some sort of money aside for medical expenses or medication or whatever. What I'm trying to say is money is meant to be spent. And if you're worried about your savings account and you always seem to never really have a savings account is because you're not budgeting correctly. It's the same reason that people are, people become overweight. You know, there's heaps of reasons that people become overweight, but at the end of the day, if you're not budgeting your calories correctly and you're always overweight and you're wondering why the fuck nothing's working, it's because you're not working correctly. It's the same reason that if you're broke and you're always broke and you're always going to stay broke, it's because your budget isn't working. So, finances and health are very, very interrelated in terms of if you want it to work, you can make it work, but it's going to take some time in order to make it work. And having a safety net, it's always good, but it's not, the, in my opinion, it's not the be all and end all. You know, money was invented to be spent. So what the fuck is it doing sitting in your bank account doing nothing other than, you know, you give all your money to a bank and what, do they, what does the bank do with your money? It loans it back to you in the form of a car loan a mortgage. So why not just put all that into that shit and save on interest? I don't know. Anyway, getting off topic. Anywho. Um, yeah. So money will come and money will go. Everything that you are going to do in your life is going to involve money. Uh, if you are international, I have no idea about your circumstance. However, if you're in Australia, the government quite literally pays you to stay at home while you look for a job. We have it very, very lucky in Australia to the point where we always have money coming in and we always have the safety net in terms of some sort of financial security. <coughs> oh, excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, I'm choking on chicken chips. Because health. Um, and the, now the reason I'm eating chicken chips is because I wouldn't have anything before lunch at 2 p.m. And it is currently 12 p.m. Um, so that's pretty much it. Any decision I ever made, I knew that money was going to be coming in and money was going to be going because I'd always be working. And if not, I had the safety net of the Australian government to pay me money while I look for a job. Um, I don't know much about late because ScoMo is a bit of a cunt and he's pretty much just bankrupting our country uh in terms of you know let's pay all these yeah i'm not going to get into it i'm not going to get into it um anywho we're very lucky in australia and money is always going to come 
money is always going to go. But it depends on where you put your money that will dictate your future. So everyone always says, oh, I don't have the money for it. I don't have this. I don't have that. It's like, yeah, it's because you're shit at budgeting. If you budgeted a lot better, chances are you would have a healthier bank account. The same reason that if you looked after your health a bit more, you would have a healthier body and mind. Uh, so the investment of getting a coach, I would do a lot sooner rather than later. That would be the only piece of advice I would give myself. Um, that's the only thing that I would change. Otherwise, I think I did a pretty fucking good job in terms of, is it going to make me happy? Is it sustainable? And just making a decision based off, is this going to make me a better person, a better business owner, a better whatever? So the goal for me was always just to do a little bit better and to be a little bit better. And if I ever felt myself slipping, then I'd be like, all right, Trav, come on, get your shit together. And when I was being very content as a PT, about six, $7,000 a month, which was, it was okay. But for me, I was like, I'm not going to have the life that I want to live on $6,000 a month because that's pretty fucking average for a PT. Um, that's where I hired a business coach. And that's what gave me a lot of structure and a lot of accountability and a lot of strategy behind how do I get to where I am today. Um, but the advice to anybody out there that is thinking about becoming a PT, that is currently getting into the industry, that is currently doing whatever, I would heavily, 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 heavily suggest getting a business coach or at least following a lot of business coaches. Any business coach that is somewhat good at what they do will give out a lot of advice for free. Um, getting into the industry is saturated at the moment and it's going to be very fucking hard work. However, if you are a general practitioner of a PT, meaning that I work with anybody and everybody who wants to lose weight, bad news, that's literally fucking everybody in the industry. And you're not going to stand out by charging 10, 20, $30 an hour. All that's going to do is cause resentment against your job, which is what happened to me. And then you're going to get burnt out and you're going to wonder why the fuck am I a PT when I'm not even making money? I'm not even breaking even. I'm not making a profit. And at the end of the day, you'll just have a business that's burning a mental hole and you're working for quite literally nothing. So that's why you need a profitable business, because if you're not profiting from business, all you have is a very fucking expensive hobby. Um, get a business mentor or at least start following some business mentors, start following PTs who are doing shit that you want to be doing and just make the decision on, are my clients going to get better results because of this? Is it going to make me happier? Is it going to bring more money in and just start taking care of yourself first because if you take care of yourself, that means that you can take care of your clients. Because one of the things that I did was I would put all my time and all my effort, all my energy into my clients and I had nothing left for me. So what happened? I had two mental breakdowns and lost two businesses and didn't end up helping anybody from the original business. So take care of yourself. Learn how to run a business as opposed to just being your own fucking employee and keeping yourself broke and mentally burnt out. And start invest this is for anybody now start investing in who you are as a person because you will never never make a better investment than yourself you are the only thing that you have and from birth until death so it would stand to reason that if you want to have a better life you need to be a better person if you want to have anything that you want in this life a better lifestyle better body better job better whatever you need to be a better person. You need to expand yourself emotionally, mentally, possibly physically, because that helps tie in with the mentally, mental stuff as well. But the investment that you will make into yourself isn't about, oh no, it's gonna, like I'll use my first investment. It's not about, oh man, it's $20,000 for 12 months worth of coaching, which was my first investment into myself. I had to look at that in terms of, it's not $20,000 for 12 months. It's $20,000 for education that I'm going to use for the rest of my life, for the rest of my business career. So when people come to me and they go, oh, you know, I, I, want, to, I want to learn more about nutrition and how to work out and not get stuck in dieting culture and decrease my anxiety and essentially change in everything about who they fucking are as a person, everything they've reinforced to themselves for 20, 30, 40 years. And I say, yeah, sure, it's going to be this much. They go, oh, nah. I don't have that much. And I'm like, well, you, you do because there's finance that can do like 50 bucks a week. But anyway, um, or I don't want to spend that much in terms of uh, if it's three months for this much money, 
people look at that and go, oh my God, it's this much money for three months or six months or whatever the person ends up signing up to. But they go, oh my God, it's, it's that much for that much. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going to coach you for that long for sure. Yeah, that's what it is because it puts a sense of urgency in terms of I've got six months, I better do my shit or I've got three months, I need to commit to my shit. And people look at that in terms of cost into time. But it's not until I say, okay, do you see the value in learning about how to take care of your nutrition and how to work out and decrease your anxiety and revamp everything about who you are and destroy your limiting beliefs and put some better ones in so that across the next five years, you see results for five years instead of just another eight-week challenge where you see results for eight weeks and then blow out and then for the next six months, you feel like shit until another eight-week challenge comes along. Then you do it again and then you're just chasing your tail because as everybody knows that he's on a yo-yo diet, you lose weight and then you put back on exactly what you lost and then some. And then it's not until you were back at where you were, if not heavier, and you go, oh, I should really do something about that. So do you see the value in learning how to do all that stuff and take all the education and knowledge that I will give you for the three to six months and then multiply that across your entire life? Because if I could, for example, if I could teach you to reduce your anxiety, and you would not be overthinking everything when it came to losing weight and you just knew how to lose weight, what would you pay for that? If I could just snap my fingers and say, cool, you no longer have anxious thoughts, you know how, or if you do, you know how to control them. Uh, you're not going to get stuck in yo-yo dieting culture anymore for the rest of your life. And if you ever do come back to me, I'll snap my fingers again and then that's it. How much would that be worth to you? So it's not, and this is for any fucking investment that you're thinking of doing into personal development. It's not, for example, a course that I saw on Instagram like a fucking week ago is it's not a thousand dollars for four weeks of training. I've got no idea what the duration was, but it's not a thousand dollars for four weeks of training. It's a thousand dollars to learn a specific skill set that you will have with you for the rest of your life that you can then multiply across the amounts of weeks that you will refer back to it. So if you're 20, 30, 40, and you're investing five, 10, 15, $20,000 into your personal development, you need to extrapolate that across your entire lifespan of how often you're going to refer back to it. Because if someone had said, hey, Trav, it's $20,000, but was well, $20,000 for 12 months of coaching, but you are going to know how to run this software, how to run a Facebook ad, how to do everything within your business so that you never have to worry about doing that again. I mean, this, this fucking coaching business that I did, didn't end up delivering on six months worth of it, but I would still invest. I would still do it. I would not change a goddamn thing because it taught me so much more than I thought it would. Um, and that is one of the most important things that I would say is that it's not about the money for the duration. It's the money times how often you will refer back to it for the rest of your life. And the $65,000-ish that I've put into my personal development is a fucking drop in the ocean of what I'm going to invest into myself in the future because I understand that everything I'm going to learn is going to stay with me forever. Or just a quick like little post-it note reminder of everything I have learned in my life, I'm going to refer back to so that I can help my clients better, so that I can have a better business, so that I can be better myself. So investing in how to program someone's nutrition, investing in a psychiatrist so that I can feel better, so that I can help more clients, so that I don't burn out as much, so that I can keep my business for longer, so that I can make more money. It's not, a, it's not the instant out-of-pocket cost that should be worrying you. It's the, what if I don't do this that should be worrying you? For me, what if I don't get a business coach? Then I stay broke and unhappy. I don't really make money. I don't have structure. I don't know where I'm going in business. Five years later, maybe burn out and get sick of the fact that I'm always having to be up at 5 a.m. for clients. If I don't invest in myself, how can I expect my clients to do better? If I don't practice what I preach, how can I expect my clients to follow me? And the same thing goes for you in terms of if, 
if I don't practice what I preach, how do I expect my kids to do that or colleagues to do that or partner to do that? How can I be, I want to say hypocritical. How can I be hypocritical and get away with it? But at the end of the day, that's probably not what it is. It's just the fact that you can't be fucked. Um, So that is probably one of the best pieces of advice I will give you. Invest in yourself early and often because you will always have that knowledge to refer back to. And it's always going to be one of those things that you will have with you for the rest of your life so that you can do whatever the fuck it is that you want to do. So you can, as I tell my clients, so you can have that life of freedom and not have to worry about, oh my God, I've put on 500 grams this week. Oh, well, that's it. I'm going to throw in the towel. Who cares? You put on fucking 500 grams in the week. You still got the rest of your life ahead of you. If you emotionally stay in the moment and you keep fucking up your decisions, what is that going to do? Like, what's the alternative to you not investing in your health? Staying where you are? For me, the alternative of not investing in myself was death. So people say, how do you do that so quickly? How do you just make a decision and stick with it? Because I know the alternative is to fucking kill myself. I know the alternative is not having a business, not having a partner, not having a home, not having a life. The alternative for me not investing in myself far outweighs if I lose $20,000 and it's the worst worst fucking coaching program I've ever done in my life. At least I know. At least I know that I gave it a go. And that is far more than I can say for a lot of people out there in terms of, you have to do this. All right, cool. We'll get yourself a coach and then you know exactly what to do. Mm, no, see, I don't want to do that because, because, you know, I don't want to admit where I'm going wrong. No. Fucking invest in yourself. Whether it's with me, whether it's with another coach, whether it's someone that you have been following for a while and you're like, I need to do it. I need to do it. I need to do it. But for some fucking reason, you keep putting it off for whatever reason it is. Stop putting it off because what is the alternative? What is the alternative of you getting better? Anywho, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the rest of your wherever you are and whatever you're doing. I hope you're having the most amazing time in the world. And hopefully this has sparked some sort of interest or intrigue or light or sparked a spark within you so that you can start investing and start moving forward with your life. And if you have questions on any of that, let me know. Um, Otherwise, I hope you start putting yourself first. And I hope you realize that it's okay to be where you are. It's okay to be where you are because you can change it. And if you don't like where you are, you can do something about it. You don't need to have a massive five-year plan or 10-year plan. It's okay to go day by day and just survive through it until eventually, like myself, you do get to the five-year plan. You do get to the 10-year plan because at the end of the day, my five-year plan changes every fucking week based on whatever I'm doing. Anywho, have the best week in the world and yeah, love you all. Bye.